Joe Hunter, and you're listening to I've Heard That Song Before, and today my co-host is Cleveland saxophonist, composer, and educator Ernie Krivda. Each week we take a song from the Great American Songbook, and we have a lot of fun listening to different renditions to it, so welcome, Ernie. Hello, Joe Hunter. Glad to be here. We're always happy to have you here on I've Heard That Song Before, and today we're going to have a lot of fun listening to one of the great American standards of all time, and that is Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. And as we know, in the case of all Cole Porter music, he wrote the music and the lyrics. This one is a magnificent masterpiece, but given that, it presents all sorts of dilemmas for the performer. It is a profound piece, and to deliver all the aspects of its profundity really demands. I'd like to read you a quote from Alec Wilder from his book on the Great American Songbook. Wilder says, this song is a maverick, an unprecedented experiment, and one which to this day, after hearing it hundreds of times, I cannot sing or whistle or play from start to finish without the printed music. That speaks to the singular nature of the tune and its difficulties. The song was written in 1935. Porter wrote it to be part of the show called Jubilee. And this song is interesting in a lot of ways, Ernie. It's got to be the longest standard ever, ever written. This is not one of those tunes like, say, you know, you would be the jam session. Let's do Begin the Begin. No, no. What key you do it in? You know, it's, this is not that kind of tune. This is a kind of tune that does not need to be repeated. Right. Play it once through with the story. Boom. It is complete. I'd like to mention to the listeners, 32 bars is the average length of a standard. This song is 108 <laughs> measures long. <laughs> Well, we're going to start out today listening to a version by Frank Sinatra. This comes from the late 1940s. Now, the first thing we'll notice is that there's not a begin rhythm here. And for those of you listeners who aren't familiar with the begin, the begin is a dance rhythm that comes from the Dutch West Indies. Doom. That's the begin rhythm that so many Cole Porter tunes utilized. But as I mentioned, this rendition that we're going to hear is strictly a straight-ahead swing-era big band chart. Ironically, this is a vocal cover to the Artie Shaw famous instrumental hit, kind of an anomaly. And you can be certain we'll be hearing that Artie Shaw version when we get to our right. instrumental segments. <laughs> well, we should. So why don't we get started with this 1940s version by Frank Sinatra of our chosen song. This is Begin the Begin, Music and Lyrics by Cole Porter. When they begin the begin It brings back the sound of music so tender It brings back a night of tropical splendor It brings back a memory evergreen I'm with you once more under the stars down by the shore, an orchestra's playing. Even the palms seem to be swaying when they begin the beginning. To live it again is past all endeavor, except when the tune clutches my heart. And there we are, swearing to love forever And promising never, 
never to part What moments divine, what rapture serene Till clouds came along to disperse the joys we have tasted And now when I hear people curse the chance that was wasted I know but too well what they mean So don't let them begin the begin Let the love that was once a fire remain an ember Let it sleep like the dead desire I only remember When they begin the begin Oh yes, let them begin the begin Make them play Till the stars that were there before Return above you Till you whisper to me once more Darling, I love you And we suddenly know What heaven we're in When they begin the begin When they begin The begin And that was Frank Sinatra singing our selected song for today, Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. And as we mentioned earlier, that is a rendition by Sinatra from the late 40s, very much a swing era chart. And I don't know, Ernie, sometimes there seemed to be a disconnect between Frank and the story he was trying to tell. Right. Uh, the arrangement almost was like a bull in a china shop. Once again, I think they're trying to appeal to everybody's understanding of this tune, you know, via the Artie Shaw right. hit, the swinging version that that was. But I'm listening to Frank, and he knows what he's trying to say, but he has to say it around the groove that's going on. So he makes a little tip of the hat to swing phrasing like, Evergreen, you know, things like that. He swings some of these things and loses the impact of the lyrics. And that is what is so difficult about this tune. Mm -hmm. Remember, the instrumental hit had no lyrics. Right. So nobody understands what is going on with the lyrics. This particular tune was actually my introduction to the impact of lyrics in American popular song. And it happened when I was at a late night hang with one of the greatest singers I know, and maybe some old folks out there remember Bobby Bryan. I've heard you mention him before. He was a great, great singer. Can sing anything. We're sitting there, and he was with us guys who were younger, trying to make some sense about the music of our particular day, say Motown hits, some of the Beatles stuff, and say, you know, they have something to say here. And he says, they do? So in an effort to show us how they really aren't writing them like they used to anymore, Bobby reaches over and picks up what we call the black book at the time. Fake book? The fake book, which had all of the great American standards in it. And as if to say any one of these is more poignant and meaningful than anything you're talking about, he opens the book up. And voila, he says, here's Begin the Begin. <laughs> well, Ernie, I would like to have you read these lyrics for us. All right, well, you have Cole Porter here who is alone, and he is speaking to his lost paramour out there somewhere. Obviously, he hears the rhythm. Called the Begin, yes. Yes, and then he says, when they begin the Begin, it brings back the sound of music so tender. It brings back a night of tropical splendor. It brings back a memory evergreen. 
I'm with you once more under the stars and down by the shore and an orchestra's playing and even the palms seem to be swaying when they begin to begin to live it again as past all endeavor, except when that tune clutches my heart and there we are, swearing to love forever, promising never, never to part. What moments divine, what rapture serene till clouds came along and dispersed the joys that we tasted. And now, when I hear people curse the chance that was wasted, I know but too well what they mean. So don't let them begin the beginning. Let the love that was once a fire remain an ember. Let it sleep like the dead desire I only remember. No, let them begin the beginning. Make them play till the stars that were there before shine above you. And I hear you whisper to me once more, Darling, I love you. And we'll suddenly know what heaven we're in when they begin the beginning. That's quite a lyric. It's quite a lyric. It's powerful. and There's such an arc. We're touching on so many human emotions exactly. within this lyric. Exactly. And he creates some wonderful tension, particularly those lines like, and there we are swearing to love forever, promising never to part. Those are some very discordant notes with those chords. Of course, for all you music people out here, <laughs> you know, Cole Porter loves that minor seventh with a flatted fifth. <laughs> and he utilizes some very challenging notes over the sound of that chord. Right. This is a difficult... Difficult to tune to perform. Oh, absolutely. And as you say, I think it's difficult to capture the beginning, middle, and end of it. I mean, there's such a huge arc emotionally what's going on here. Right. And as you mentioned, this notion of choosing to live a life of delusion. Of delusion. <laughs> yeah. At the end, he chooses. Yeah. You know, play on. Let me lose myself in right. this memory. I'll stay here with you, even though you're not here. Forever. Exactly. And again, triggered by this rhythm. The rhythm, the right, beginning. Begin. Yes. Well, I thought we would move on now to another vocal version that I think actually captures a little bit more of what we've been talking about. And this comes from the biopic starring Kevin Klein and Ashley Judd called The Lovely. It was a movie about the life of Cole Porter. And I like the movie very much. Yes, yes. There were some very interesting performances and some performances by people that I don't ordinarily connect with the music of Cole Porter. For instance, Alanis Morissette said and Elvis Costello right. and the next person that we're going to hear and that's Cheryl Crow you know very talented singer-songwriter herself and she has a very interesting take on this song. well I believe this is an attempt to reconcile the difficulties that other performers had with this with the instrumental mood and the delivery of the lyrics and what they mean a little more continuity here that's what we're trying yeah. for here this is extremely difficult to bring off one of the things is you're dealing with the beginning right off the bat it's a constant mm -hmm. rhythm so now you have to contour these lyrics emotionally over that constant, constant rhythm. steady beat. Right. You know? Well, why don't we listen to this Cheryl Crow rendition of our chosen song. This is Begin the Begin, Music and Lyrics by Cole Porter. I think you'll notice some different chords, too. Very much reharmonize this. When they begin Back a minute. 
With Cheryl Crow doing Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. Well, the first thing off the bat, Ernie, is the setting certainly evoked a very tropical mood, didn't it? I mean, yes. I could almost feel a nice ocean breeze on my face. You know? Yes, the atmosphere that was set up, I think, worked well. I don't know that it went through the ups and downs of the tune like it might. Once again, the moods change in here as the performer remembers the glorious part of it and then the downside of it. And it's interesting to note when the song was introduced in the musical Jubilee in 1935, it really didn't have any impact, didn't really go anywhere. It wasn't until 1938 when Artie Shaw recorded it that it really became the smash popular tune it is now. So the first thing they ever heard of this was Artie Shaw's instrumental, well-crafted arrangement 
Boom. Perfect. Yeah. It worked beautifully. Absolutely. As we promised, we couldn't do a show on Begin to Begin without playing this record. This was a huge smash recording for Artie Shaw and his band in 1938. It really is the record that put this song on the map. He sold two million copies of this record in 1938. And this is an arrangement by Jerry Gray, correct? Exactly. A great, yes, great the writer. great hit maker of right. the swing Who era. else did he write for? Glenn Miller. Oh, okay. Well, this record actually was so big that it came to haunt Artie Shaw, I believe. He yes, could... the Beguine haunted Artie as well, yes. <laughs> right. It became how he was identified, and Artie hated that. Absolutely. He didn't want to be pigeonholed. And the dancers, that's all they wanted to hear. Play the Beguine, play the Beguine, the Beguine. And we should point out again... This is done in a swing style. They're not going to be utilizing the begin rhythm. And it doesn't really matter because the lyrics aren't involved, and it's a wonderfully crafted arrangement of the tune in its entirety one time through. It is kind of unusual that a song with the lyric that's so integral to the power of the song was introduced as an instrumental piece. Because the combination did not hit home. Mm -hmm. It didn't resonate. But the instrumental by itself did. Sure it did. simplified things. So let's listen to this 19. 38 recording by Artie Shaw, arranged by Jerry Gray. This is Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. Pastor.
Artie Shaw in his smash hit record from 1938 of Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. And it ends once again there with Artie's signature gliss oh, yeah. that is so identifiable to his playing. You know, and listening to this that I've heard so many times before, but we're sitting here, we're talking about the shape of the lyrics and everything, and this arrangement is so effective as it does capture absolutely the arc of the tune. I was thinking the exact same thing. You know, after talking about these lyrics, I don't think I've ever listened to that song, that arrangement. I really did feel like he did capture some of the emotional arc. Exactly. And so well done, so well crafted. It gives me hope that someday, before I die, <laughs> I will hear the definitive version of Begin the Begin, where both the lyrics and the music act as one with the drama. But I think we're both saying that Jerry Gray was using the lyrics. Oh, no question about it. He divides the sections, especially like at the end. Mm-hmm. He has Artie say when they begin the begin, and he has the trombones come in at a particular part. So well done. That's why I guess uh-huh. it was so successful. And prior to anybody having heard the lyrics. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was speaking. Yep. And I think, as you mentioned earlier, I think that the Frank Sinatra version that we heard at the beginning was some way to sort of bring those two things together. Well, Frank and this used the music of the era to make a statement on this tune. Well, speaking of making a statement, we're going to continue with a very interesting version. I have to say this is one of my favorite records by the great Sammy Davis Jr. It's a very unusual setting, I think you will find. An unusual take, yes, but actually the fundamental idea of it is, I think, right on. This is Sammy Davis Jr., recorded in 1961, doing something that apparently he always had part of his show, and that is to do a duet with just the drums. I like the idea very much, because the rhythm is what the drama of the tune rides on. Right. And it showcases the lyrics and the rhythm. And you have a virtuoso performer here. Absolutely. And I want to urge the listeners to be listening for the interaction between the drums and the vocal. The way they play with the rhythm and the phrasing together, it's just absolutely a marvelous conversation between the drums and, as you mentioned, a virtuoso singer. Yes, they are literally jamming on this thing, especially as it goes on. I have some issues with that, but we'll talk about that too. Well, let's give a listen to this great record by Sammy Davis Jr. This is his take on Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. Take me will awake me take me where they begin the begin when they begin the begin It brings back the sound Of music so tender It brings back a night Of tropical splendor It brings back a memory And even 
Jr., recorded in 1961, doing Cole Porter's Begin the Begin. And it was a virtuoso performance by a virtuoso performer. Who's utilizing all his skills, singer, dancer, storyteller, jazz improviser. I just absolutely love that record. There are a lot of things going on. The problem that I have with it is I think it starts off well. I think it becomes too hip. And hip by its nature is, I don't care. (laughs) But this is obviously somebody that cares very deeply. And then I don't think he closes the deal on the story. You can take something and you can make it a vehicle for yourself, which is, I believe, what he did here, and that you present yourself and your skills, and it's magnificent. 
But in my opinion, I don't know that he really gets the story going on. At the end of the thing, when he uses make twice, it dilutes the impact. You know, make them begin the begin, he says. Make them play. You can't do that. You have to allow the second make to have the impact. Let them begin the begin. Make them play. Once again, his time is so good in terms of his interaction with the drummer. It's a great jazz performance in so many ways, yeah. and I'm always in awe of his skills. But once again, we are talking about delivering the drama of the tune, and that's the thing that falls short, and it falls short in almost every version I've heard of this, and I hope someday, <laughs> before I die, to hear the thing fully realized. I hope you do as well. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that for you. All right, thank you. <laughs> You know, the joyous spontaneity, the virtuosic singing, oh, the interplay with the drums, all that for me made up for maybe not exactly being pure to the emotional arc of the story, but I just am so crazy about that performance. You know? Oh, he's tremendous. He's yeah. a one of a kind. Absolutely. And it's such a in-your-face purity, too, you know, by stripping it away. No right. orchestration, no rhythm section, nothing, just vocals and drums. But ultimately, the thing that I find interesting is that the fundamental concept of rhythm and lyrics. I think there's great promise there. Mm. And I like that because the rhythm is the thing that they're talking about. Right. The thing that is motivating the memories, it motivates action one way or the other. And I think there's an idea there. Well, we've had an awful lot of fun today listening to various renditions of this classic American masterpiece, words and music by Cole Porter. Begin to begin, we started with Frank Sinatra from the 1940s, and we went to Sheryl Crow from the soundtrack of the movie The Lovely. And then, of course, we couldn't do a show on the song without the 1938 smash hit for Artie Shaw and his band. And we just wrapped it up with a very unusual swinging rendition by Sammy Davis Jr., accompanied only by drums. And my search goes on for the definitive version. And I hope you'll keep us posted here. I've heard that song before. And we always like to finish with a bonus track. And today I've brought in something for you, Ernie, by Bing Crosby. Always room for Bing. Absolutely. One of the great interpreters of American song. And this is a very interesting record that I've just recently come across. It's a record that Bing made in 1957, relatively late in his career. As we know, Bing came from a very strong tradition in jazz. Yes, he did. Love jazz yes, music. He so he recorded an album with Bob Scobie's San Francisco jazz band. Bing was very much interested in the resurgence of Dixieland music that was taking place in the late 40s and the 50s. And San Francisco apparently was one of the epicenters of this resurgence of Dixieland music. Yes, it was. I remember growing up reading Downbeat magazine and always reading about Bob Scobie in San Francisco. Yep. So I thought we'd connect with the theme that we've been talking about this show, the tropical theme, if you will. I thought we would listen to Down Among the Sheltering Palms. And the palms would be swaying so as to tie in. (laughs) Absolutely. So again, this is Down Among the Sheltering Palms, Bing Crosby with Bob Scobie's Frisco Jazz Band. Moonlight makes me lonely each night Far from my rendezvous Wondering, darling, whether you might Be wishing that I were with you Down among the sheltering palms Oh honey, wait for me Honey, wait for me Don't be forgetting we've got a date 
Out where the sun goes down about eight How my love is burning, burning, burning How my heart keeps yearning, yearning, yearning to be down Among the sheltering palms, oh honey, wait for me Among the sheltering palms, oh honey, wait for me, oh honey, wait for me. It was Bing Crosby and Bob Scobie's Frisco Jazz Band recorded in 1957, and they were doing Down Among the Sheltering Palms, written by James Brockman and Abe Ullman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, me too. <laughs> First of all, a wonderful trumpet solo by Bob Scobie mm-hmm. there. Very nicely done. On the reprise, if you listen to Bing, you hear Bing, the jazz singer. He states the melody, you know, in the crooner Bing voice doing one of these early American tunes that were not afraid to be sentimental. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you right now. Mm -hmm. The trick was for the jazz man to put their stamp on the thing, with the swinging and the blues. Then being on the reprise here after the trumpet solo, his phrasing is so on the money. I think Bing had great swinging time. Oh, no question. And the arrangement I thought was very nice. That was Maddie Matlock's. This was in vogue at that particular time. A great band, as we didn't mention earlier, some great players on that. Piano player Ralph Sutton. Ralph Sutton. One of the oh, last sure. of the great stride ragtime players. Red Calendar on bass. Red Calendar and the drummer from Benny Goodman's group, Nick Fatul. Nick Fatul, all-star cast there. Absolutely. So that was from an album, again, called Bing with a Beat on the Bluebird label. Bing Crosby with Bob Scobie's Frisco Jazz Band. 
Well, we've had a lot of fun today with our co-host, Ernie Krivda, listening to the Cole Porter masterpiece, Begin the Begin. Ernie, thanks for coming down. Oh, well, listen, is a pleasure as I go off into the night looking, searching for that definitive Begin the Begin. You will check back with us here. I'll let you know. Thank you very much. You've been listening to I've Heard That Song Before. I'm your host, Joe Hunter, and we'll see you next week. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life. Uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>